Over the course of my journalistic career, I've spent the vast majority of it going after people that I think are against the United States of America, and that does include rhinos. In many ways, I would say that rhinos are actually more of a danger to the United States than even Democrats, because at least with Democrats, you know what you're getting. When you're dealing with rhinos, you, sometimes they do right, sometimes they do wrong. They always seem to have an ambition that goes well beyond. I, I don't know what it is about being a rhino, but their ambition and their drive and their motivations are, are abhorrent to the United States. They should be, at least, if they're better known. This is why we have people like Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger and Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. I could go up and down the list. And it's not just the known rhinos. It's, I would say, a majority of rhinos. Well, that's obvious in the Senate. Most Republicans in the Senate are rhinos, Mitch McConnell's of the world. Okay? Most of them. And I would say at least half, if not all, or at least half, if not most, of the Republicans in the House are also rhinos. There are a handful that are great. But not very many. And as far as in the Senate, I could probably name them on one hand the ones that I would actually say are true America First patriots. There are different levels. It's not a, a yes or no question. It's not a black and white situation. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to look at it from the perspective of, of are they more in the right? Are they in the right more often than not? You know, are they are they lukewarm when they shouldn't be? And then you have to, to weigh and balance against the actual policies that you're discussing. You know, if somebody votes the wrong way on the renaming of a post office, that's not going to carry as much weight as whether or not they voted to impeach Donald Trump, obviously. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of rhinos, and I like to go after them. And the best time to go after them is during the primary. And that's why it bugs me to death that over the weekend, Donald Trump endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz. We're talking about a guy who is... You know, people are saying he's the next Mitt Romney, except in Pennsylvania. I would say he'd be worse than Mitt Romney. This, and I, I'll explain that later. I don't want to go into, I could just rip on Mehmet Oz for days, and I have. I have been for a long time. Uh, dating back to last year, shortly after he announced, I started doing my research, and this isn't the guy. He's not a Republican. He's not a Pennsylvanian. He's not an America First guy. He's definitely not a conservative. Okay, This is a guy that, that's using taking advantage of an open race that he thinks he can win and taking advantage of the fact that the vast majority of voters, even Republicans, are just not very big on information. So this endorsement may be what it takes to put him over the top. I think in most polls, he's currently polling second, right? So right now he's currently polling second. And let's face it, there's not a lot of great choices, I'll admit. The Pennsylvania, uh, the race for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania is is not great. I've heard some good things about Carla Sands, um, but for the most part, it's, I, there's not like, oh, this is the standout. This is the next great, great conservative, you know, America first patriot. Uh, at least, but again, I haven't done a ton of research there. I mean, there's, I, I've, I've lost my guy. Okay. <laughs> I had, I had somebody that I was supporting and they dropped out. So I haven't really looked to see if there's anybody else worth supporting. So I'm stuck with just making sure that Mehmet Oz is not the guy. But it's bigger than just, to be clear, it's bigger than just because he's a rhino. There's actually a long, I would say, I would say a reason that's so important that it would affect the future of the United States of America, especially if Donald Trump is back in the White House at some point in the future, either sooner or later, or sooner or as, you know, late, latest being January of, of uh, 2025. That would be the latest I would hope to see him going back to the White House. But that's why, considering that we do expect him to be in the White House at some point, 
we need to make absolutely certain, absolutely certain that Mehmet Oz loses. The reason being is because Donald Trump, you know, Jimmy Carter actually got one thing right. He said that Trump was malleable and he's not wrong. You know, you, I, I love Trump. I support him. I can't wait for him to get back, but he is malleable. He will listen to people. That's part of being in the business world. It's part of being successful in both business and entertainment and to some extent in politics. Okay. But many times, I don't think it's, it's unfair to say that he sometimes trusts the wrong people, the right people. In this case, when it comes to endorsements, the right people are his base and the right cause is the America first cause. His base does not like Mehmet Oz. The America first cause is the furthest thing from Dr. Mehmet Oz's mind. Okay. He is a Democrat who really doesn't live in Pennsylvania and it's just a mess. This is a total mess for him to even be, ah, You know, I don't go through stages. I'm not one of those guys that, well, first stage you have grief and second stage you have this. And I don't go through stages, generally speaking. But on this particular topic, when I heard about this, I've actually gone through three stages. It's been, what, 24 hours, 48 hours since the announcement? And I've gone from annoyed all the way to disappointed. I have that that kind of fatherly, oh, just shaking my head. You know, Donald Trump, you shouldn't have done that. I was so disappointing you. I actually went through that phase. Yes, I did. Even with the country voice, by the way, that's that's my yeah. You know, I grew up in Oklahoma, so that's my Oklahoma voice. Donald, you just you just shouldn't have done that. But then now I'm in stage three, and this seems to be the stage that I'll be in for for the foreseeable future, and that's anger. I'm very angry at this move because I know it didn't have to happen. I know that if he had the right advisors, if he had the if he stopped listening so much to the donors, I know these things seem impossible, but he should have. Okay, he should have trusted us. We have been very clear about this race, and we do not like Dr. Mehmet Oz, and yet he did it anyway. Now, the one good thing about him, when from at least from Jimmy Carter's perspective, is that he is malleable, as I said, and that malleability does translate into him listening and eventually to his base. I, I want to point to a time. There, it was uh, well. First, before I get to that, let me explain something real quick. There's only two reasons why Trump gives an endorsement. Okay, two things that drive him. Number one is, can they win? Okay, he needs for him to be able to advance his status as the is either the kingmaker or even just the the straight out leader of the Republican Party. He needs the people that he endorses to win. Period. They he has to endorse a winner. I I would love, and I'm not saying he has to. From my opinion, that's not what I I think he should just endorse the best candidate. Period. I don't care if they win or not, but he thinks that. He needs, you know, he's 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 a numbers guy. He wants to have a 99.3% endorsement percentage. He wants to throw that out in emails and advertisements ahead of whatever, you know, whether he's raising money for his PAC or whether he runs for president. He wants to say that, look, I'm the one that, that's in charge of the Republican Party. You can see the people that I endorse, they they almost always win. Okay. To me, I don't think that's a necessity, but he feels that way. So he has to take that into consideration. So he will only endorse winners, right? People that he thinks can win. And now, as I mentioned, Dr. Mehmet Oz is in second place, but he thinks that you know, this would be a great win for Trump to say, hey, you know, he was way behind in the polls, then I endorsed him and he moved up. It's not just, oh, we're, you know, who do I think is going to win that one? That's who we're going to endorse. He actually wants to look at races and he wants to turn them around. He wants to have an actual impact. And in this case, he might. He might actually be able to push Dr. Mehmet Oz over the top and get him, the, get him to win the primary. Gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. And we need to do everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen. So that first consideration is he needs to, for you know, call it padding statistics, if you will. He needs to get winners. 
And one can argue that he pulled his endorsement of Senator Mo Brooks, who I'm very mad at Mo Brooks for saying, oh, you know, we should move on from the 2020 election and, and just focus on winning elections in the future. You know, was, uh, we'll, we'll, we can only stop voter fraud now if we if we push forward instead of looking behind. I totally disagree. I did an entire show about how he was wrong about that. But that's the that was allegedly why Trump dropped his endorsement. But that's not the entire story. Okay, I'm sure that that was a good triggering moment and that was probably helped out. But he's endorsed a lot of people that aren't in favor of focusing on the 2020 election. I would say the majority of people that he's endorsed aren't out there saying, we've got to get audits, we've got to do this. No, they're all pushing for 2022. So why why doesn't he drop all them? The thing with, with Mo Brooks is that when Trump endorsed him, he was at 40%, over 40% in most polls to be the nominee. He was in first place by a long shot and had 40%. Um, popularity amongst Republican voters. Fast forward several months, including around the time when Trump pulled his endorsement last month, and he's at like 17% and he's in third place. Okay, so so yeah, and that's not Trump's fault, by the way. It's not, oh, you know, Trump's endorsement must not work. No, no. Mitch McConnell and his his team have gone after Mo Brooks like like he's the plague, okay? Their, their packs, their money, their candidates, they've all just attacked the crap out of Mo Brooks. But it's not just that, because people can get attacked all the time and still still win. Trump got attacked exponentially more than Brooks, and he still won. Ron DeSantis gets attacked constantly. He still wins. So what is it? Is it just because Mo Brooks is getting attacked? No, it's because he he's running probably the most incompetent and, and awful Senate campaign I've seen, in, at least in my lifetime. I mean, it's just bad. Okay, it's like it's like... Does he even want to win? I don't even know. It doesn't make sense. None of it does, but whatever. Point is, is that Trump wants to push winners. He wants to endorse them and he wants them to win. And he wants to say, I endorsed them and they won. I endorsed this person and he was behind the polls before I endorsed him. Then once I endorsed him, he wins. That's the ultimate. That's what Trump really, really, really wants. Okay. So we got that consideration. Number two, second consideration is the important one, the behind the scenes stuff. This is his advisor's. And his big donors, those two groups determine in many ways who he's going to put his weight behind. I think people would love to say, oh, you know, Trump is out there. He's meeting with everybody. He's he's looking through all their 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 you know resumes and he's he's looking at their past stuff and he's got teams looking into them and doing background checks. And no, no, no. He's basically sorry to burst anybody's bubble here. But he looks at somebody, or you know, if, he's, if there's a race, one of his guys comes to him, one of his advisors, um, or through his advisors, one of his donors, or some of his donors, and they say, "Hey, we, you know, <laughs> blue horseshoe likes Dr. Mehmet Oz, you know, something to that effect." And so it's like, okay, well, should we get? Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, Dr. Mehmet. I've been on his show. Yeah, yeah, let's endorse him. You know, and then they put out this press release showing that he's pro-life, which he's not. They're showing that he's pro pro rights and which you know gun rights which he's not i mean he's his history is awful and the worst part about it by the way just so to be clear because i know there's a lot of rhinos out there why am i so so hot about uh stopping dr memadaz it's not just the fact that he's he is who he is as far as a, a democrat who's pretending to be a republican okay that's not it it's the fact that he's a globalist he's a klaus schwab guy He's, his, his experiences at Davos, his experience as one of Klaus Schwab's, you know, young leaders. That to me is, it's like membership into the, into the club of pure evil. I don't want this guy anywhere in DC. I don't, I, 
I can avoid him on television. I've never seen a single, literally, I've never seen 30 seconds of a show. I might have seen a clip, you know, a 10-second clip if it's on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But I'm, I've never have, I have no desire to watch him. I'm not worried about that. I just want him not on Capitol Hill, not making decisions or voting for, for policies. Because he's a Klaus Schwab guy. So that, I guess, you could technically say that's the biggest reason. But let's get to the other reason. You know, what, what I said, we'll call it biggest reason number two, <laughs> which is not, not necessarily the second biggest reason. Uh, we'll call it 1A. Okay, biggest reason 1A. Trump is malleable, and he needs to be reminded sometimes that it is, is his base and not his advisors that he needs to be listening to on, I would say, the majority of things. Now, people say, but he doesn't have direct attachment to his base, but and that's true. Then he needs to get advisors who will listen to his base. And that would be the ultimate, ultimate. I mean, the ultimate embarrassment for his advisors would be if we could make Dr. Mehmet Oz lose. That's it. And then we need to tell him why. Because he stopped listening to his base on this particular topic. I want to flash back to approximately August of 2016. You know, this is about a month after the... Uh, the Republican National Convention, he's got the nomination, everything's looking great. Now he starts what was dubbed at the time, the softening. Okay, a lot of Trump fans try to forget about this, but he actually went through a time there for about eight or nine days where he was like, you know what, maybe we should not just deport everybody. Maybe we should just, you know, people who've been here working in the country for 10, 20 years, maybe we should just let them stay. You know, he started talking basically about about amnesty, okay? Touchback amnesty. Yeah, I mean, what we do is we'll send them back. Okay, we send them back to Mexico, and then we we fast track them back into the United States. So that technically they're legal immigrants. Okay, that's that's no heck no, absolutely not. Yeah, but but the criminals will get rid of the criminals permanently. Okay, great. But no, at the time, this softening was to try to sell what his advisors told him, what his mega donors told him was the only way that he could possibly beat Hillary Clinton, and that was to to soften his stance on illegal immigration. You know, through the primaries, he's like, you know, we got 11 million legal aliens here. Let's get rid of them all. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, we like that. The base, the base reacted, right? But then after the nomination was locked in, it's like, oh, you know, my advice. I mean, I've decided that I want to to soften. You know, I want this softening. And he even got on a, they did a special with uh, Sean Hannity, you know, and they're both, it's like this fake town hall and they're trying to convince the people. They're going back and forth trying to convince the people. No, but they've been here for 20 years. We should just let them stay. And the crowd's like, no, no. And then conservatives on in media reacted saying, heck no, this is wrong. What are you doing? What are you thinking? This is wrong. You know, and people started defining what touchback amnesty is and all this other stuff. And then it took about nine or 10 days. But then he's like, you know what? Screw that. Screw my advisors. Uh, let's, you know, let's just deport them all. Deport everybody. If they're in this country illegally, we need, we need to find them and get rid of them. And then all was back to normal. He will listen to us. He will. But we have to be loud. We have to, we have to ex- basically explain to him that it's not going to work. Okay? It's not going to work. If he's out there pushing rhinos. I have an article. I'll put it in the show notes. An article that I wrote, I believe, back in December. That explains all of, all of Dr. Mehmet Oz's you know, the leftist tra- uh, leanings. Including the fact that he's a globalist. I'll link that in the show notes. And hopefully you guys will 
read it, share it, and uh, let's get the word out because it's important that we remind Donald Trump. Yeah, we can support him. I'm not saying we stop supporting him, but we have to remind him that he needs to listen to us, not to his advisors, not to his donors. I know they're important to him. I know they're important to the election. I know they're important in a lot of ways, but I just care about America. And you just care about America. So we need to make sure that he knows that we care about America. And Dr. Emmett, Mehmet, Emmett, Mehmet, <laughs> whatever his name is, Dr. Oz, he ain't good for America, period. Let's get that message out there. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless. <laughs>